Pastor Kathy, and thank you, Hannah, for sharing your gifts of music with all of us. If you've been here at United Church over the past few Sundays, you know that Pastor Kathy and I have been preaching a series of sermons on the classic call stories from the Old Testament, and today we turn to yet another one of those classic call stories, the story of God calling Joshua to cross the Jordan River. Let us pray. Wise and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you today and always. Amen. We walk into the scripture passage that Pastor Kathy read for us just a few moments ago, and in so doing, we stand next to Joshua and look at a great big obstacle. Let me recall for you the story. You'll remember that once upon a time, Moses had led God's people for years in the wilderness. It had been a trying time for Moses, but Moses had done a courageous job. For Moses had brought the people uh, through tough territory, through the wilderness, and now they were free at the bank of the Jordan River, ready to head into the Promised Land. But just before arriving in the Promised Land, Moses has died. And now God communicates to Joshua, Joshua, it's your turn. It's your turn, Joshua, to pick up where Moses left off. It's your turn to take an untrained band of nomadic shepherds across the River Jordan and into the fortified cities of Canaan. Yikes. And there on the bank of the Jordan River, Joshua has a decision to make. Am I going to succumb to fear and remain on the bank of this river? Or am I going to wade my way across this river with God's people into the promised land? It was, for lack of better words, a great big obstacle. For historians will share that throughout the Old Testament, the Jordan River was viewed that way as an obstacle or a barbed wire fence. You'll remember that Elijah, when he was on the run from King Ahab, had to cross uh, the Jordan River. Uh, David, who was also uh, in hiding and on the run after his brother Absalom was coming after him, had to cross uh, that barbed wire fence, that Jordan River. Uh, just last Sunday, we talked about Naaman, the uh, war hero, the Syrian, uh, who had to get into the Jordan River until he could uh, finally meet God and be cured of his leprosy. For throughout the Old Testament, the Jordan River was uh, reviewed or perhaps even viewed as a place of uh, tension, as a place of stress, as a place of hardship. It was a place of deep, deep challenge. It was an obstacle for Joshua. What a depressed pause at this moment in my message and ask you a question. Do you have a Jordan River in your life? Do you have an obstacle in your life that God has called you to cross in order to get into the promised land where God may want to bring you? Perhaps it's a health concern or a health concern on behalf of someone you love. And you can see the promised land, but you've still got to cross the Jordan River. 
or maybe it's a worry. And you can see the promised land, but you still got across the Jordan River. Or maybe it's a fear that you have about some circumstance in your life, and you can see beyond that fear. You can see the promised land, but you still got across the Jordan River. Or maybe it's a change that you know you have to make uh, due to the coronavirus, and you can see the promised land where it's all going to finally end up okay, but still you've got to cross the Jordan River. Do you have an obstacle in your life? If so, I want you to hear the good news of the story of God calling Joshua. God does not retreat from that obstacle, but rather promises Joshua that God will be with him no matter wherever he goes, including that Jordan River. Now, I don't know about you, but when it comes to the obstacles in my own life, I am also most tempted to trust in those things that are not God, that perhaps will help carry me through that obstacle. I don't know about you, but if I'm standing on the bank of the Jordan River and I'm Joshua, the first thing I'd be tempted in is to trust in my resources. If I were Joshua, I'd be counting up, okay, how many men do I have? How many chariots do I have? Uh, just how much am I going to calculate of what I have that's going to help me get through this? And we do this too when it comes to our obstacles. We say, uh, there must be a medicine out there, or there must be a program out there, or there must be uh, some way forward out there that is earthly, some resource that I have that's going to help me get into the promised land. And oftentimes there are those resources. But I know this about my own life. Whenever I put my trust exclusively in those resources, I tend to always uh, be fearful of where I need to go next. It's so easy to trust in resources. I remember uh, a few weeks back, I received uh, in the mail a mailing uh, to myself, uh, to the church office. And the mailing was uh, from a company that was specializing in coronavirus killing lights. And there may be coronavirus killing lights out there, and I know the major cruise lines are hoping to uh, get a hold of these lights, but as I read through this flyer, I can guarantee you this was not the company that had them. And so I began to kind of laugh and chuckle and share with a few of the staff that these uh, uh, lights were, were rather ridiculous. And then I went back into my office, and for a couple of hours, I was frustrated about the coronavirus, and I picked up the flyer, and I put their website into my computer. And I began thinking about that moment and how tempted I often am when I face an obstacle to just say there must be some resource out there that's going to help me through this obstacle. And at times there are those resources, but at other times you just need more. I'd be tempted to trust in my resources. I really would if I were Joshua. And I'd be especially tempted too on the bank of the Jordan River to trust in my own knowledge. For knowledge at times when there's a substitute for faith really can get us in a lot of trouble. Reminded of a wonderful story that uh, pastor and teacher John Ortberg uh, writes in his book entitled Faith and Doubt. Um, he tells the story of how dangerous it can sometimes be for us to trust exclusively in our own knowledge of a situation in order to get through an obstacle. He tells the story about how once upon a time, uh, there were uh, three people up in an airplane, uh, a pilot, a boy scout, and the world's smartest man. 
And while they were up flying around in the airplane, uh, the engine began to sputter and the plane started uh, to go down and there wasn't much uh, time left. And the world's smartest man uh, said to the Boy Scout and to the pilot on the plane, I am the world's smartest man. I have a responsibility to society. And so he took one of only two parachutes left on the plane and he jumped out of the plane, leaving only one left. Well, the pirate who was in his late 50s uh, turned around to the Boy Scout who was uh, only 10 years old and said to the young man, you've got your entire life ahead of you. Why don't you just take uh, this uh, parachute uh, and, and, and you're going to be okay? And the young man said, oh, relax, uh, pilot. you got to realize that the world's smartest man uh, just jumped out of this airplane with my backpack on. <laughs> is full of very smart people jumping out of airplanes with the wrong backpack. And frankly, I can be one of them from time to time. When we face our obstacles with just personal knowledge, we don't have all that we need. If I'm Joshua, I'm attempting to trust in my resources and my own personal knowledge, and if all else failed, at least I could lean back or trust in my own life experiences. For sometimes that is what we do when we face an obstacle. We just lean on our own life experiences and say, just as it happened 10 or 20 years ago and I got through this, well surely I will get through this obstacle now. I know that many of you, if you're anything like me, know that uh, you've been uh, chatting recently, perhaps friends or, faith or acquaintances or family members who have had uh, the coronavirus or have had a brush uh, with the virus. And I was talking with an acquaintance of mine about um, two Saturdays ago who was diagnosed with the virus and uh, she was older in her life and I was uh, talking back and forth with her about her symptoms and what she was experiencing and she shared back with me what I thought was a really wise insight. She said, you know Mark, part of what has been so hard for me in dealing with this struggle of the coronavirus has been that there really is no precedent. And there have been many moments in my life where there's been a precedent, but there's no precedent for this. And then she shared back with me what she had been learning, which was the truth of Proverbs 3.5. Trust in the Lord with your whole heart and lean not on your own understanding. I don't know about you, but when I face big obstacles in my life, those are the temptations. I'll just trust in my resources, or I'll trust in my own knowledge and strategy, or I'll just trust in my own prior life experiences. But part of what makes Joshua so faithful in this text is he chooses to trust not in any one of those things, but rather that God's promise that God will be with him wherever he goes, including into the obstacle. For it strikes me in this text that part of what we learn about God in the text is where God is positioned here in Joshua's overcoming of this obstacle. Some, when they read this text, may believe that God is positioned with Joshua on the bank of the Jordan River. So the scripture that Kathy read for us just a moment ago looks kind of like this. God's arm is around Joshua saying, Joshua, go ahead, go into the Jordan River. You can do it. Just take those first few steps. Others may believe that God is on the other side of the Jordan River, you know, with the towel. 
Joshua, come on, just take a few more steps. I've got you. The towel's ready. Just come on. Come on, come on. But part of what we're told in the text is that God isn't promising Joshua that he'll be there with him as Joshua puts his toe in, or he'll be there with him when Joshua finally gets to the other side. God promises Joshua, I will be with you wherever you go. I am going to meet you inside the Jordan River. I am entering the obstacle with you. And the scholars are quick to point out, God will continue to make this known to God's people in and through Jesus' baptism. For it is a very interesting, con uh, uh, very interesting that many, many years later, Jesus would not be baptized in the Euphrates River or the Nile River or any old river. Jesus would be baptized in that same Jordan River that Joshua was called to cross. And part of what God is communicating in and through Jesus being baptized in that river and God descending upon Jesus in the form of a dove is, look, I am going to be with my people in and amidst that obstacle. In fact, I'm even going to be baptized in that Jordan River that once upon a time throughout the Old Testament was perceived as a barbed wire fence or an obstacle. The message of Jesus' baptism in the Jordan read up against the story of Joshua crossing the river is, you've got fear, I'm going to be baptized in that fear. You've got worry, I'm going to wave my way into that worry. You've got hardship, I'm going to soak in that hardship. You've got a concern, I'm going to immerse myself into that concern with you. For I, your God, am going to be with you wherever you go. If you have brought to worship this morning an obstacle in your life, trust. Trust that God will be with you in and amidst it all. When it comes to the topic of trust, uh, another Christian author by the name of Tony Campolo uh, tells the story about how when he was growing up as a young boy, he was learning how to swim. And in order to uh, impress his father, he would uh, flap his arms in the pool and take one foot in the pool and lift it up off the ground of the pool and say, Daddy, Daddy, look at me, I'm swimming all the while holding on to the pool with his big toe. And I do wonder when it comes to those obstacles in our life, if that is our approach. We enter forth into that obstacle, but we hold on with our big toe. And part of the encouragement that I hear in this scripture about being strong and courageous that is embodied for me in Joshua is that if and when we are willing to lift that big toe, that God will be there to catch us, that God will be there to support us wherever we go. Another way I might illuminate uh, this concept of, of trusting in God, even though you're not in and through the promised land, but just simply wanting to wade through the obstacle, is a story that another Christian writer tells. His name is Henry Nowen wrote a lot of books on uh, the spiritual life. And in one of his books, he told the story about how he got close back in the 1950s um, to the Flying Rodlings, which was a circus act uh, over in Germany. And now it said he was just enamored with uh, these trapeze artists, including uh, Rodley, who was the most famous of the trapeze artists. And uh, in this trapeze show, there were three flyers and two catchers. 
And Nowen used to watch uh, the trapeze and was just amazed by it. And one day he sat down uh, with Rodley, who was the, the, the chief sitter star of the act, and said, now tell me how you do it. I mean, what's the key uh, to this trapeze act? And Rodley said, well, believe it or not, the key is not me. I am pretty good, but what makes trapeze trapeze is actually my catcher. For my job is to simply let go and fly through the air. And if I do anything to manipulate my flight on my own, then the catcher is bound to perhaps break my wrist or I am bound to fall. And so my task as the chief flyer is to simply let go and trust that the catcher will catch me whenever I do. And said Henry Nowen, such is the life of faith. As we face an obstacle before us, we lift that big toe and trust that God will catch us. He always does, and he always will. Hear now these words from Joshua chapter 3. When Joshua placed his feet into the Jordan River, the floodwaters upstream began to recede, and the river was parted, and Joshua and all of God's people entered into the Promised Land. Amen.